This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. You can call in and talk about whatever is on your mind. That toll-free number is 855-450-3733. And with you tonight, it's Aria. Greg from New York. And Mark. And um, uh, you're going to have to get the mask off. You can't wear the mask and do the show, (laughs) Greg. Sorry. Sorry about that. So I've got good news for everyone. Well, relatively good news. Lawmakers are beginning a bipartisan push to cut off police access to military-style gear, finally. I mean, they should have never been militarized in the first place. I mean, we have the Bearcat here in Keene and SWAT teams rolling around in what amount to tanks and all that kind of crap. I but. did a Bearcat buyback program um, at one point and got zero takers. Uh, right, right there in downtown Little Keene, I said, I'm, I'm offering this Walmart gift card to anybody who brings in their Bearcat. And... Well, nobody brought brought one in. I, I really expected the Keene Police Department to step up and say, you know, I mean, that's what they do, right? I mean, the police departments are always doing a buyback program of some sort or other. They're offering you a gift card to go to this place or that place, so I thought I'd do it with them. How much was on the gift card, out of curiosity? I didn't expect them to come, so I put 50 bucks on it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish they had come. That would have been great. So according to the New York Times, Republicans and Democrats in Congress have begun a new push to shut down a Pentagon Pentagon program that transfers military weaponry to local law enforcement departments as bipartisan urgency builds to address the excessive use of force and the killings of unarmed black Americans by the police. So I've always heard that the military, you know, just overstocked everything they needed and then they sold it at a discount to local police departments but i didn't know that they had like a program specifically designed to facilitate that oh yes they do yeah yeah what are they going to do now to move all those weapons and sell them to you know syria and (laughs) it's got well they got to get next year's models in i mean what are they yeah Right. I mean, there's a lot of lot of money that needs to be spent on this stuff. Uh, the US, U.S. taxpayers' dollars need to be spent on the newest, best military equipment. This is the Pentagon. The Pentagon couldn't pass an audit, I think, of $7 trillion with a T that they couldn't account for in the last decade. Yeah, I recall that. That, that was terrifying. How do you lose $7 trillion? Dollars, you know, I don't know, but I suspect that's part of the uh, $26 trillion debt the United States has. I think by definition it would be. Yeah. yeah. It's so, interesting. So I've looked at the debt as it goes by, and the U.S. is carrying debt since the Jackson administration in the 1820s. But most of that debt really started in World War One. So, you know, it really peaks in World War One, and goes down, and then really peaks in World War Two, and then goes down. And, you know, basically Vietnam and everything after that, it never goes back down. So... Well, we've been at war pretty much since, right? We've always been at war with Eurasia. <laughs> with protests turning... We've always been friends with East Asia. That's what they say. Yeah. But not today. Uh, Trump doesn't seem to care much for China. We've so. always been at war with East Asia. Yeah. We've always been friends with Eurasia. <laughs> <laughs> with protests turning violent across the country, lawmakers are scrutinizing the, de- the Defense Department initiative curtailed by former President Barack Obama. I, I doubt that's true. But revived by President Trump, I similarly doubt that's true. I doubt this program ever went away or was curtailed. It furnishes police departments with equipment such as bayonets and grenade launchers. So there are police departments in the United States that have access to grenade launchers. That's uh, interesting. I suppose you could use tear gas grenades in it legitimately. 
Well, I mean, isn't that technically a war crime anyway? Isn't that ba- isn't tear gas banned in war? You shouldn't be asking me about war crimes. I simply don't know. Okay, but yeah. I will say this: they have beyond the grenades. They have, I think, lasers that can melt your skin off. Um, no he- heat uh, weapons that can melt your skin off. Crowd control. Yeah, they they do have heat controlled sort of sort of weapons, and that's yeah. the idea is to make you like uncomfortable and want to run away. Yeah. So the move it d- com- it'll disperse the crowd. Sure. So, well, so will bullets. Well, I mean, it, not all the crowd. Well, no, some of them end up. Some of them like lay there. Yeah. Yeah. So the move comes after several nights when officers wearing riot gear have been documented using pepper spray and rubber bullets on protesters, bystanders, and journalists, often without warning or seemingly unprovoked. And I don't know if people listening now are really paying attention to this, but some of the videos coming out right now are just horrific. Like the the two college students who had their vehicles' windows smashed in and were tased and pepper sprayed and yanked out of their vehicles by cops simply because they were driving down the street. I, I saw like some guy walking by in a mask. Now, remember, they're telling us we have to wear masks. Everybody is wearing a mask. So um, young white guy mask. Um, I didn't see any evidence that he was any kind of rioter or looter or anything in particular, just none. And the cops just sort of turned around and grabbed the guy. And they were they were dragging two people off. And they just kind of grabbed the guy as he was walking by. He's like, what? What? He's holding his arms up. He's like, what did I do? That's frustrating. Yeah. Well. So the push stands in stark contrast to the reaction of Trump, who has often encouraged rough tactics by law enforcement and spent Monday complaining privately to governors that they were not handling protests aggressively enough. I imag- I wonder if he did this from the safety of the bunker when he was hiding there. Y'all should be handling this. <laughs> Mayors and governors must establish an overwhelming presence until the violence is quelled, Trump said in remarks from the Rose Garden on Monday evening. If a city or state refuses to take the actions necessary to defend the life and property <laughs> of their residents, then I will deploy the United States military and quickly solve the problem for them. Yeah, he did say that. I'll handle I'll handle this whole civil disturbance thing for you. Well, he wants to invoke the Insurrection Act, which will allow them to suspend posse comitatus, which would allow the uh, posse comitatus is suspended, suspended since the Bush administration. Is that so? Well, we reported it on air here, and we didn't leave it alone. So okay. I'm not sure that that in and in and of itself is uh, is what the Insurrection Acts would do. I don't know what what powers it takes to the president or not. But um, well, didn't he say when he got elected that Chicago's full of carnage? And he's going to send in the feds if they don't clean it up. I think that was a tw- <clears throat> tweet. I have uh, about a month into his administration. Track of Trump's tweets. Yeah, oh, yeah. There's no way I could. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He he probably did. I mean, it, it doesn't sound unlikely for him. On Capitol Hill, however, where Republicans often take their cues from the president, most lawmakers had a different message as they focused on the immediate catalyst for the protests. George Floyd, a black man in Minneapolis who was killed after a police officer knelt on his neck for a prolonged period. And although I'm for the demilitarization of police, I'm curious. Uh, the police officer killed George Floyd with his knee. Right, so this isn't. There's no reason to go after the, the guns in this case, right? Right, the it guns weren't the problem here. It was just the police presence in general, the police mindset, the police mentality of hey, shoot first, kill. Well, Justin Amash, the Republican turned independent, he had a good uh, build that he was promoting the other day. 
and he was saying take away their qualified immunity. Uh, this is so the Supreme Court had a qualified immunity doctrine that they sort of started to. They didn't always have this, right? But the Supreme Court started chipping away uh, at the ability to go ahead and go after the police for things like, well, you should have known that killing a person is against the law, you know, or something like that. Now they're they're going to pass a law, hopefully, uh, addressing this. And Justin Amash uh, is working on a bill for that. Well, I hope, I hope he's successful with it. Now, what does qualified immunity do? What does it grant police officers? Yeah, so, um, I mean, I don't have a definition sitting in front of me here, sure. but qualified immunity is essentially um, if you're within the bounds of the law as a police officer, they can't sue you. They can't go after you. Okay. You can't be charged criminally. Whereas, the individual officer can't. The police right. department, however, There's something can. called sovereign immunity, and I'm not entirely sure who has that. I think Trump thinks he's got it. Um and that's a different thing. Basically, you, you're the king at that point, and you can truly do anything without um, getting, you know, a suit or whatever. Yeah. Well, Mitch McConnell has surprisingly good words about this entire incident, saying, In no world whatsoever should arresting a man for an alleged minor infraction involve a police officer putting his knee on the man's neck for nine minutes while he cries out, I can't breathe, and then goes silent. So at least Mitch McConnell at least said one wow, intelligible go, thing in his life. Yeah, congratulations. 855-450-3733. Again, that's 855-450-FREE as in Free Talk Live or use the Discord server at discord.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. You can call in and talk about whatever is on your mind. That toll-free number is 855-450-3733. And with you tonight, it's Aria. Greg. And Mark. And Bitcoin.com has launched a trading platform at local.bitcoin.com that allows you to buy or sell Bitcoin cash using dozens of payment methods like PayPal, Venmo, Bank Deposit, Remittances, or meeting in person with cash. There are no ID requirements to sign up for and use the site, and all communications between buyers and sellers are encrypted, which means you finally have access to a global trading platform that respects your privacy. Visit local.bitcoin.com to get started trading Bitcoin Cash. Again, that's local.bitcoin.com. Now, we're talking here about the same thing everyone else is discussing, uh, police brutality in the United States. Now, Greg, we were talking before the show. Just like that. COVID's gone. Yeah, well, <laughs> riots kill COVID. Did, didn't you hear? I'm not sure what killed it. Riots. Best I can tell, um, It. I don't know. I mean, I'm still looking at my little... No, my, the police uh, killed COVID like they do everyone else. I see. They shot it down in, the, in its in cold blood. They put their knee on it until it choked to death. There so, you go. So, Greg, uh, you we were discussing before the show uh, your interesting take on police violence in the United States and... I, I don't want to put words into your mouth, but uh, paraphrase essentially what you were getting at earlier about what you think is causing the police to be as aggressive here as they are versus not as aggressive in, like, the United Kingdom. Ah, uh, okay. Well, before I say any of this, I want to preface by saying the more people you make a statement to, somebody is going to take this the wrong way. So I just want to say right away that I respect the Constitution of the United States although I have my own opinion about things. And in this case, in this country, we have a Second Amendment that says that 
the security of a free state, uh, be, uh, uh, being necessary to the security of a free state, uh, a well-regulated militia being right. necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to bear arms shall not be infringed. Yeah. The first part of that is well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. What we had in the beginning was a militia uh, alongside other, other things. George Washington hated the militia, but it was a militia composed of citizens. So are you saying that the right to bear arms exists in the militia and not in the individuals? The militia, that was until the— Heller- Because that's certifiably false. I mean, most of the people in the 18th century, that they had to hunt in order just to survive, which meant they had to own a firearm. Oh, yeah, but they didn't have necessarily a right to hunt, but they were able to. Well, they, they had to but hunt. But they have a right to have a, a militia, for sure. In other words, you have and- to um, defend a free society with free people. But those people have to be organized in some fashion. Here's, here's what I'm saying. When you're part of a small community, and in a libertarian world, you would be part of a smaller community. Everybody knows each other. There's a reputation. And so if you go rogue, if you start tearing things up, everybody knows. They know where you live. They know who you are. And that's sure. – now, with these protesters – I think your take on this is ahistorical, though, uh, because I, I don't think it would have ever occurred to the people who wrote the Constitution and the Bill of Rights that – one day we could live in a world where the government might attempt to ban the own ownership of guns. I, I think that they also thought that everybody had the responsibility, um, like, you know, they must participate in the militia, right? So, you know, every male was from X age to X age was responsible for being in the militia and had to be, essentially. They were conscribed from the beginning of it. So, yeah, they they were free to have a gun because they had to have a gun because they were part of the militia. And now the militia has basically been turned into the National Guard and has all kinds of rules on who can get in. And, you know, like it's there's some real complications with the way they wrote it in the first place. I think the point of the Second Amendment was to protect the right of people to form militias. Sure, sure. Exactly. More well than regulated the ones. Gun ownership. So remember, at that time, we didn't have a strong federal government yet. Right. Um, we didn't have a standing army. Okay. We didn't have all these people running around with guns we, being paid by a federal government <laughs> at all. We had states and cities, and those states and cities had their own armed citizens doing their own thing. But they had laws and they had a, a structure. See, this is the thing the police are well organized today, right? They are, they are um, essentially the well regulated group. The protesters are a bunch of people. Well, they, they are part people. of the state, though. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're, they're not a people's militia by any stretch no, of the no, imagination. No, no, they're not. They're not they a are people's... the enforcers of the state's decrees. That's exactly the problem. The state cop who stares down the protester, he doesn't know him or her. He doesn't know what's in that person's mind. If they are in their own neighborhood, they know each other. These police are completely disconnected sometimes from the people they are enforcing against. And if Trump sends in the National Guard, it's even more disconnected. Yeah. And so you're facing people who don't know you've never seen you in their life. What I'm saying is at least the police takes orders and is well organized. I don't like how they're being trained to be aggressive right away, but at least they are organized. So it's on them. It's on their well-trained organization to affect change. You can't expect a, a group, a mob, or a, a, a civil unrest, people who are angry— to do the change, to be the change. You need to be the change as a police. You need to de-escalate. You need to teach. But they're teaching the exact opposite in these schools. A person 
Now, there are there psychopaths to join the police, want to kill people with impunity? I've seen one or two people say that to me. Yeah, well, the the evidence yeah. is is that if there's any organization that has uh, you know power and weapons and these sorts of things, you're going to have some level of psychopathy that would be yeah. you know it, it will attract that. They will sure. attract that. But however, in the same way that tyrants are attracted to politics. However, exactly. But the vast majority of people who come in there, maybe in a, with a nice personality, who would normally de-escalate and say, "Hey, man, why knock it off?" They're it's being trained out of them. Because the population is armed. So the police is being trained. Anyone can shoot you at any time. You got to come in there and say from, from the first moment, get on the ground, you know, just don't turn, just take control of the situation. They're being trained to do this. The guy who's nice. Yeah, they immediately is, disarm everyone when they arrive. And that, that, that's exactly what they're That is to the do. problem. They're being trained to do that in this country because everyone is armed. Freedom isn't free. We all pay for this freedom to bear arms. By having a police force that is super aggressive, trained to be super aggressive from the first second that they encounter you. Well, the police force's very existence is counter to our freedoms. I mean, all they exist to do is enforce the decrees of the state that violate people's freedoms all over the place. What were sheriffs um, who clearly are a constitutional office? What were sheriffs jobs? To escort people to and from jail, that sort of thing. So when they put together a posse to go get some baddie, um, what was that? Is that constitutional? It was vigilantism under the guise of the state. Okay. But, I mean, it was constitutional. Uh, you know, the Constitution means nothing to me. All now. right. I'm just making it sure. clear. Sure. <laughs> I mean, but, you know, like the, uh, the, the Constitution— If the Constitution was useful, we wouldn't be having this conversation. And that's the point. If we had smaller communities and we had police who knew you, and they knew you since you were like 10 years old, and they said, oh, this, this guy, he's always getting in trouble, blah, blah, but they knew you. So you could—there's other people besides police that could affect you, your local pastor, you know, your friends— that's the kind of thing you that paint should be this, happening. You paint this idyllic example that is not reflective of these situations, though. What what that leads to is good old boy syndrome, where the cops have this sort of conspiracy, conspiratorial behavior in the background. They're all good old boys. They go fishing together. Oh, the sheriff hung this black guy. Oh, no, we're, we're just going to cover this up. You know, I've seen it. I'm from Mississippi where that good old boy crap happens. It, it's not, oh, well, he knew you since you were 10. You're okay. Bitcoin.com has launched a trading platform at local.bitcoin.com, allowing you to buy or sell Bitcoin cash via dozens of payment methods like PayPal, Venmo, bank deposit, remittances, or meeting in person with cash. There are no ID requirements to sign up for and use the site, and all communications between buyers and sellers are encrypted. Finally, a global trading platform that respects your privacy. Visit local.bitcoin.com to get started trading Bitcoin cash. Local.bitcoin.com this is free talk live talk radio that you control you can call in and talk about whatever is on your mind that toll free number is 855-450-3733 and with you tonight it's aria greg and Mark. And we've been talking about the Second Amendment here, and um, uh, Greg's sort of not one that I disagree with take on it, which, um, recap it real quickly, if you don't sure. mind. Freedom the- ain't free. If everyone is armed, the police is going to be trained to have a hair trigger. Now, why do you say freedom isn't free? 
the only thing that isn't free is government, and they incidentally are the only ones who, you know, destroy freedom. So I would say freedom is free. The issue is that government exists. Well, I'm going to say if we live in small societies, in small groups, uh, the state might not exist, but government will still happen in small groups, like a neighborhood watch or a you know, city or whatever. They're still going to sure. have a government. But those wouldn't be compulsory, so they wouldn't be states. It'd so be much you're smaller. correct. I should say that they'll be compulsory if you're out there and uh, they decide for whatever reason. If there's nothing to control that, they're going to get compulsory in odd ways. You know, like like making. It I don't like teenagers out on the cannabis? street past. Uh, well, I'm just saying. Like, is it legal to skateboard on the sidewalks in Main Street? Like, you should have to wear a mask, and your business has to be closed if you're not forcing people to wear masks. That kind of oddness, like we have right now. Right. Just like we have right now. Many of these oddness that you're talking about as far as COVID goes are community-based, not coming down from the feds. I'll give you an example. Um, uh, in Brooklyn, there's Jewish communities that are very uh, very religious. They enforce religious norms. And if you don't dress uh, a certain way, then your kids won't be going to the school. So that's a soft way of, of uh, enforcing something, not violently, but it is still enforcing because uh, sure. people want to have their kids go to that school or whatever. So w- organizations working together coerce individuals one way or the other. Well, I don't think that qualifies as coercion as much as it does just uh, enticing. I mean, you can offer someone a benefit for doing something that you like, but that's not the same as punishing them if they do something that you don't like. Right. Yeah, so punishment could be a small thing, like you don't get to go to the school. That's not a punishment. The people that offer the carrots usually are pretty happy to employ the stick, if they can get the stick, right? Like, I'm all for the carrots uh, approach. We're talking about the carrot and the stick here, like using positive reinforcement to get what you want versus using negative reinforcement. Yes, because positive reinforcement works, and negative reinforcement, psychologically speaking, does not false um i mean it's just we can go to psychology today right i know what psychology today says (laughs) they say paddling your kid um, diminishes their iq points which is a demonstrably false statement okay psychology today is a platform for a certain type of social liberal and they're not bringing science into play negative reinforcement i mean i can also go get my psychology textbook from college look i get where they're coming from you can show that negative reinforcement works Wait, what, that, didn't they have the animal experiments with the dogs and the electricity isn't that negative reinforcement like the dogs learned not to go somewhere and then they turned off the electricity and they still would never go there because of like but compare those dogs to say the behavior of jazzy here who was trained with positive reinforcement well, i'm not cl- yeah th- hold on uh, you, when you say it doesn't work what do you mean okay fair maybe it works maybe you can't beat someone until they're so terrified Excellent. that they listen to you okay okay great just saying now, now the beatings you've established, will continue the, now you've the, established the foundation for a worldview built on violence and destruction now no no i didn't establish crap what i said was the people who offer the carrots are usually pretty happy to employ the stick and that's because your average person who's running around is not some kind of principled libertarian okay they are a jackhole who is power hungry okay and if, i don't think that's true 
I, I think the the jackholes who are power hungry make up a very small minority of the population. I Those are the people... ones that are willing to c- jump through the, enough hoops in order to get the power that we try to keep away from you know the normal folks. Well, isn't it like half of Americans don't vote? Those, and those individuals, whether what do they are, you draw, what conclusion do you draw from that? That they're not power hungry psychopaths. No, it, <laughs> we're just busy, right? I mean, no, I have they, voted and I have care. not voted, and it doesn't. What, what conclusion do you draw from that? That you don't care in the elections in which you don't vote. Not true. I care. I just understand mathematically my vote is completely inconsequential. Uh, um, And a lot of people probably, to some extent, internalize this. You know, my one vote isn't going to make a difference. And ladies and gentlemen, it's the God's honest truth. If you're talking about a presidential election, your one vote is not going to make a difference. Yeah, look, I'm from New York. (laughs) New York will always vote for the Democratic nominee. I don't care. I don't have to show up. I I can spend that day building my software and help the world in a private on a private level, right? With software. Why would I go and participate and waste a day when that vote will just not count? I could spend the time uh, making a Lego uh, of the Taj Mahal, and you know what I have at the end? A Lego of the Taj Mahal. Yeah, you go vote. You, what do you got? <laughs> you know, it's. Uh, so, you know, I don't draw the conclusion that the average American, which half of them basically don't vote, um, you know, concludes much of anything from the fact that they don't vote. Okay. I mean, but I, I do care. I'm I, not I would disagree. Care. I mean, neither yeah. of us know what those 50% of people are thinking. We certainly don't. Because they're not voting. I'm so. right here. <laughs> no, I don't vote, but I do care. And you can see by my Facebook feed. So I will opine. I will try to affect others. But, but you not with a vote. But you don't care to enforce your worldview on others, and that's ultimately what voting that's right. is. I disagree. So voting I is. I know you do, but you're a classical liberal. <laughs> voting is a <laughs> system that we have for choosing a leader that is not shooting each other, and um, it's choosing a ruler. Fine, not a leader. Whatever you want, however you want to put it together. <laughs> I don't really care. Like you know, vote, don't vote. You're getting the same damn president. Yeah. Right? Like, you didn't vote. I did vote. There's the president. What if there was a third option? No president. How many people will vote for that? Right. Now th- then you'd have some better idea, by the way. Yeah, but we can't even get the Libertarian Party to do that. Yeah, they, they have a none of the above on their uh, nomination process. Yes, but they've never nominated none of the above. Okay. So no, we I, don't know what people outside the Libertarian Party— I don't know that you party. could run none of the above. I'm not even saying none of the above. I'm saying a vote for no president. That would be none of the above, though. Uh, no, you're just saying someone else. None of these guys. But what if it's just no one? Like, well, I mean, it's the same thing. I think I think that's splitting hairs a bit. I mean, if there's three maybe. people on the ballot and you vote for none if of you the vote above, for, then you're effectively uh, voting for nobody. If there's four choices, that's one of them is uh, you know this this guy, um, that guy, none of the above, and no president. Clearly, uh, choice D would be nobody in the office. Choice C would be somebody besides these two jerks. Now, here's the question. If there was no president, I know this is a funny uh, question, but if if an election happened that had this option, would the other people in the government be able to fill that hole and essentially run the government still without this one person? Oh, yeah, absolutely. They have mechanisms in place for exactly that. Um, the, uh, The head of the Senate... Whoever that is now would take over the presidential office. 
So, I mean, the voting system is more or less as Mark described. It's just to pick the ruler. But if in the unlikely event that none was elected, I mean, they would take it to the Senate. The Senate would make a decision. And if, you know, no one else ever won anything, the head of the Senate, whatever they call him, would just assume the office. But there would still be one person. The head of the Senate is what we call the vice president. True. The, the uh, House of Representatives has the speaker, but the person who rules over the Senate, lords of the Senate. Well, who's third term? in line then? Speaker of the House. Of the- okay. Nancy Pelosi. That's, that's what I meant then. Okay. okay. So rather than the Senate, it's the House of Representatives. Yeah, okay. I, I, I don't know. I don't pay that. I didn't pay that much attention in high school. Oh, they didn't touch me that crap in high school. If they did, I, I didn't pay attention to it either. Yeah. I figured this stuff out later. But top lawmakers in both parties evidently are moving quickly to announce their intention to hold hearings on the use of excessive force by law enforcement and racial violence. So hopefully that will move forward and we will see an end to the militarization of the police and hopefully shortly after that, a demilitarization of the police. 855-450-3733. That's 855-450-FREE as in freedom. Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. You can call in and talk about whatever is on your mind. That toll-free number is 855-450-3733. And with you tonight, it's Aria. Greg from New York. And Mark. And Mark, what you got in your hand there? I have a live read. Uh, this COVID-19 thing has turned the world upside down. Now the riots. <laughs> and regardless of what you believe about any of that stuff, it's changed our lives. But what's not changed is that if you own a business, you need to advertise to reach new customers or clients. Our audience is not the kind to stick their heads in the sand during a crisis. They're fully engaged and more active than ever. Special advertising packages are available to you to help not just re- you re- not just recover, but thrive. Email my sales manager. His name is Matthew. It's Matthew at freetalklive.com. That's Matthew at freetalklive.com. Cool. Let's go to the phones. We've got Tom calling from New Hampshire. Tom, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, Jorgensen filed for uh, president today and conquered New Hampshire. This is Joe Jorgensen, the libertarian uh, nominee. Uh, I didn't say that. But, see, I'm trying to demonstrate a point here. If you, uh, listeners who might be supportive of Jorgensen, if, if they uh, say Trump when they're talking about Trump, and Biden, as when they talk about Biden, they are subtly demoting the Jorgensen campaign by calling her everything that you just said. Okay. As if, see, so I'm, I'm suggesting elevate Jorgensen to the same level as Trump and Biden, even though, of course, she's a whole lot better as a <laughs> candidate than Trump or Biden, but subtly uh, elevate her by calling her Jorgensen. Okay. I mean, well, she doesn't have the household name recognition that Trump and Biden have. But, but it would be like trying to just say, you know, to everyone, Aria this, Aria that. If they don't know who, who I am, then they need it explained to them. Yeah, well, they need it explained to them. But we're uh, elevate. See, they should ask at that point. And uh, the, the point is, you, by calling her Jorgensen, you're saying that everybody should know who she is. You're acting like you think they know, everybody knows who she is, and I 
am the first person to sign one of the thousands of nomination papers that she's going to need because in New Hampshire to run for uh, public office uh, as a Democrat or a Republican, you simply pay the fee. But if you want to run as a libertarian or anything else, uh, then you have to pay the fee and submit thousands of signed uh, nomination papers. And they do this to make it difficult for anybody who's not a, lib- not a Democrat or a Republican. And I filed, by the way, as a Democrat because I'm still a Democrat since the presidential primary. So I filed as a Democrat for United States Senator. There's, uh, two senators from New Hampshire down in Washington, D.C., two seats, but one of them gets elected this year, one of them in 2022. None of them got elected in 2018. They stagger them. They set it up that way so that this is a good example of a temporary mood swing. We've got the coronavirus hot on everybody's mind and police brutality are the topics of this election cycle, but only one-third of the Senate gets elected during the heat of these passions, and it doesn't dis- disrupt the entire Senate the way it will uh, put the entire House of Representatives up for re-election and possibly uh, fill yeah. the House of Representatives. I, I don't know if I agree, Tom. I don't think that police brutality and COVID-19 are the topics of this election. I mean, we, we saw in 2016 that the topic of the election could change drastically and wildly. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, that was People one. will have forgotten about all of this by November. They do every every election. Maybe. Um, for one, I can say that I'm, I'm, you know, very interested in staggering senators, but um, more interested sort of in how we, um, you know, the libertarians, I think, might have a better shot at getting on the ballot than they've ever had before. They won a lawsuit in Illinois not too, very recently that allowed them to get on the ballot without having to go through all the hoops. And it may be because this year has been so strange that you just can't get all these nomination forms in place. And uh, are they going to, are all the states just going to try to keep them off? In which case, are we talking about a um, Supreme court ruling to see how this goes? I mean, it's, it's all fascinating uh, to me. And I think it could be a very interesting year for the libertarians. Each, The Constitution is clear uh, on Article 2, Section uh, 2, each state shall appoint in such manner as the legislature thereof may direct. And the only uh, amendments that uh, change that are the amendments that say, you know, if there's an election in a state, which is how all of the states do it, is by holding an election, then they have to let women vote and they cannot discriminate. deny anybody the right to vote on account of race and, and stuff like that. So you've got the when they yeah. choose to do so by a vote. Now, this is also a good time for registered Republicans to uh, file for a delegate to the Republican state convention because the state convention picks who the uh, electors, uh, it nominates electors so that if Trump wins, then you might get some libertarians uh, some, uh, some people who are anti-Trump uh, getting nominated as the electors. Yeah, and, and they get the, the little Trump. protest vote. But, you know, Tom, thank you so much for the call. There, there are enormous fines involved with uh, faithless electors and things like that. And, 
even then, it's it's generally a bad idea. Th- this myth that we're going to get these electors to defect and not actually vote for Trump, I mean, that, that circulated a lot in 2016. And it, it's just never going to happen. A couple things. Not to mention, I don't I, – I abhor the idea that some – 500 individuals elected by committees throughout states are going to make the decision unilaterally about who the president is in full disregard of the rules in place that tell them how they should and should not cast their vote. Well, the truth is, well, first of all, about what Tom said for the senators, the 17th Amendment was what changed the Senate from being appointed by the state elites to being popularly elected. It used to be that the House was the house of the people and it was elected by the people the senate was the elites and that changed after the 17th amendment so now both are popularly elected but that's only because they allowed us to do it the other thing i want to say is that in fact he's right and you're right that the presidential election there's no nothing in the constitution as far as i know that says the people get to elect the president it's just because the se- the, well, no, states the states are nice enough the to let us elect the president that's right. So the states are just nice enough to have people like myself and you go and vote in a booth. But in fact, that's not even a right in, in the sense that they're just letting you do it. It's a privilege. It's not a right in the Constitution. As I mean, far yeah, as I know. There's nothing there to argue with. But what gets me about it is, you know, the, the fact that people tout the popular vote like it's even a thing. I mean, it's an aggregate, sure, and people can look at it, but it doesn't matter because we're not voting – in the national election for the there are president no of elections. the United States, you're right. casting your vote in your state to tell your state how to cast its votes. Right. And we've been told so many times that there's a national vote and the president's important. And I think largely it's because um, national shows want to be able to talk about the same thing. And, um, you know, the president's basically the only thing they can talk about that everybody sort of gets to participate in. If they talk about Mitch McConnell or whatever, you're like, well, yeah, things are fine. Uh, you know, maybe maybe I like or dislike him. or Nancy. I love Kentucky. Or, yeah, wherever the hell Mitch McConnell's from, I couldn't even tell you. Um, uh, and, and Nancy Pelosi, I think she's from San Francisco. I've been taught to hate her. Um, you know, what, whichever <laughs> it might be, I don't particularly care. But I can't do anything about either of them, and I think that mostly this is just kind of the consequence of a national news organization more than anything else, because the president power has aggregated to the president uh, a great deal over the last century, and well, you know that doesn't it doesn't make anybody freer. No, it's made us significantly less free, I would argue, because at least with the representatives, you actually do elect them and can do something about them. And not just that, I think there's a whole aspect of, like, football teams. The election has become bigger than the Super Bowl, you know? In ancient Rome, they had four teams with the colors red, green, blue, I think it was yellow. And so whatever team you belonged to or rooted for, it was like a life or death thing. You know, it was a big thing. And I think today, if you're a Democrat or Republican or whatever, almost your views on science and even... Whether we should wear masks are affected just by your political orientation. Right. Everything's a political football. Yeah. Well, we saw that with masks and climate change, global warming. Everything gets politicized now. Yeah. And I guess I'm guilty of that as well, politicizing the mask issue. But at the same time, you know, my rights are my rights. If I don't want to do something, that's my prerogative. 855 450 373 
This COVID-19 thing has turned the world upside down. Regardless of what you believe about it, it has changed our lives. But what's not changed is that if you own a business, you need to advertise to reach new customers or clients. Our audience is not the kind to stick their heads in the sand during a crisis. They are fully engaged and more active than ever. Special advertising packages are available to you to help you not just recover, but thrive. Email my sales manager, Matthew at freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. You can call in and talk about whatever is on your mind. That toll-free number is 855-450-3733. With you tonight, it's Aria. Greg. And Mark. And we've been talking about uh, the police state here in the United States. So None, none of us has said police state tonight, but I mean, no, what we're dealing <laughs> with is a police state. I mean, we, we have police who are just out of control. Uh, that that that's the best way to describe them. As you look, on I, I the gotta internet, say, there's probably a lot of Americans right now that are feeling like there's a good portion of the pop public that's out of control too, right? Like, well, yeah, a bunch of Karens. Uh, well, I, I'm pretty concerned that uh, that businesses are being set on fire. I mean, if, I am not. If 2020 uh, was a conspiracy to destroy small business in America through COVID and then the concomitant riot that comes afterward. By the way, there was a vi- the, uh, the Hong Kong flu in 1968 was followed by a year of unrest, uh, summer of unrest, too. So there's an interesting mm-hmm. correlation there. But, um, you know, like, I don't think it's a conspiracy. But it's going to be the result is going to be the same thing. These big businesses like Target and stuff that are set on fire, they're going to recover. But when you've had no business for two months and then somebody comes along and blows your place up and sets it on fire, no, well, that, what's going to happen to your business? I don't know. But Do you don't care. Just so long as one person set one cop shop on fire, no, no. one it, place in America. That, it doesn't matter if a hundred businesses burn, so long as somebody threw a rock through a state house window. I don't window. walk in these people's shoes. Whose shoes are you referring to? The people who are doing these actions. I don't claim that you do. I don't know what they represent. I don't know what their worldviews are. I don't know why they're angry. I don't know why they feel that targeting small businesses is justified. But if we listen to them, maybe we'll learn. If we shoot them, they'll stop throwing rocks through windows. Yeah. Well, I'm not advocating to shoot. I, I, would, I, I would rather listen to them than shoot them. But I'm hey, saying to each their own. I right? support the Korean uh, shopkeeper who's up on uh, the top of his roof keeping uh, people away. Sure. Well, here, so do here's I. the thing. Why not both? You know, these people and, and we had similar things with the refugees going into Europe. And then the, these refugees among them were people who decided to rape women in Cologne, etc., were not necessarily the refugees who needed the help. These protesters are often the ones telling others, do not loot, do not commit all these... And I get that now's the time to protest. I I see that, you know, if if you see this as a problem, and I get it, now I don't think, I don't agree that... um, you know that the the problem is is race based. I think that in fact the problem is sort of the state versus us, as the opposed stomach. to blacks versus whites. And there are plenty of people out there that are claiming uh, the the former as opposed the latter as opposed to the former. 
However, um, and and that you know now's the time to talk about that. But under this guise, people are throwing rocks and Molotov cocktails and these sorts of things. And what is a small business person to do? Just watch their store go up in flames? No, I'm all for their right to stand on their roof with a AR-15 or Good. AK-47 or whatever they want to use to protect their property. So I'm what totally if, okay with that. And, and and cops are stopping people from looting and stuff. I mean, those people are doing good things then, right? Well, there's also video evidence of cops, you know. There are looting. cops. There's video evidence. Are there any good cops? No. Okay, hold on. Um, so No cop can ever be good? The only good cop is a dead cop. God, what? Are you kidding me? <laughs> There, there is no good cop. If they, if they were a good cop, they would resign immediately. Um, I think that there's issues of the. Um, and when I say the only good cop is a dead cop, it's a joke. It's not meant sincerely, right? Uh, well, whatever the case may be, uh, the fact is, is that right now, currently, this is our protection organization. No. It is not. Yes, it is. It is an enforcement apparatus of the state that encroaches on our freedoms and our rights. That is. That is what it exists to do. M- Perhaps, but if it saves your business in the process, uh, I mean, you're probably going to feel kind of grateful over it. Well, what what if there was no state? But it didn't save the Indian who had his restaurant burned. It didn't save the Koreans from having their store burned or whatever it was. Nope, what, certainly no, certainly doesn't. No, what what it saved also them? didn't put the business on fire. Right. No, right. Well, it may have. There's probably some somebody who went as an agent provocateur that may have worked for a police department that certainly has not is not unheard of uh, for these sorts of things to happen. But um, you know, why do they do it? I'm I'm curious. I'm curious about all these things, and get I get that it's not a perfect system. I'm not claiming it's a perfect system, but I'm not ready to take the side of a bunch of violent people setting businesses on fire all across America. Well, if if you're arguing that there are good cops, then you are taking the side of a bunch of violent people who are closing down businesses across the United States. That's well, let, exactly let what the cops have been doing. What if the is cops... It, hold on. Sorry. That's exactly what they've been doing, is enforcing the governor's decrees that these small businesses have to be shut down. So your issue is with the rioters doing that and not being directed by the state to do it, but it's okay when the police do it? No. Uh, my issue is, is that, um, like, at the very least, the... Uh, the dictate has been handed down, right? Like, you know, the cops don't come into your business and just wholesale destroy everything. They, you know, some some messages sent. You're not allowed to be open. It's much more orderly. I'm not claiming that it's right. I'm not claiming it's just. But I am claiming it is significantly more orderly. I mean, ask ask a small business person what they'd rather have. Would you like to be shut down forcibly for two months because of uh, some you know perceived global pandemic, or to have a bunch of looters come in and steal all your product and set your building on fire? And I suspect you'll get. I I, I suspect it'll be the latter in most cases because they'll have insurance. Maybe they'll have insurance. Well, if they're a good business owner, they will. And if they're not, then they were going to go out of business anyway, in all likelihood. Well, I had a question while he was saying So you're, you're on, side, on the side of, I'm just, just asking here one more time, are you on the side of blowing up businesses all across America? I mean, like, that's what's happened. Are you delighted about it? No. Okay. I'm not upset by it. Do you it. have any guesses as to how this is going to benefit the world like what's things going to be like in 2021 um and is it going to be better as a result of this absolute and utter chaos better, the term we use for this is anarchy 
No, th- this is not anarchy. Oh, no, not by your definition. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, if you call it anarchy to, um, you know, a hun- 99 the- people out of 100, they're not going to argue with you. Sure. But they're wrong. All but right. What, what, if, what kind of anarchy do you envision? A positive? One that is based on the non-aggression principle. Okay. So in that world where we have no state uh-huh. and we just have what? Cities, neighborhoods, right? We do have people organizing. Sure. Anyway, they're going to have a neighborhood watch. Yeah. Those are going to be the cops. There's still going to be cops. There's still going to be rules, right? No, not no, not at all. How are you going to? Okay, are, is there going to be a security force? How are you going to private property? Then there can be. You know, private property doesn't exist without violence, right? Or at least the threat of violence. No, that, that's entirely untrue. Okay. Let, let's say I claim. Demon, demonstrate it for yeah, me. Yeah. Let's say I claim a rock. This is my rock. Okay. Mm-hmm. Take it from me without using violence. Okay. When you're sleeping. Well, let's say that I strap it to my body, then. I'll untie it. You have to use violence. Um, you have to use by violence the way, to avail me. By the way. You have to use violence to take my prop. You have to use violence to take my property from me the, without the my consent. The rock is one example of what's called chattel property. I'm holding this. Yeah. This is my chattel property. For me to own a thousand houses. I'm not going to get into a Georgism argument about land ownership here. I'm just not going I'm to. I'm not interested no. in that. <laughs> but about that. I sometimes leave but my I, house. No, that's where he was going with and it. I no, I'm, like, just, I'm just trying to say, good no, luck not. trying to control your private property when it's not tied to your body. At right. that point, you need an organization. And that organization could be cops or it could be a paramilitary group. Not necessarily, because the entire reason that the idea of private property arose in the first place was because people realized that it was counterproductive for them to be constantly fighting over things. And it was more productive as a society for one person to say, okay, I'm going to stop taking that, trying to take that from you. You stop trying to take this from me, and we'll just coexist. Sure. I'm not claiming that, but what I'm saying is, is in order to keep property that you don't have strapped to your person, and some of my property is not currently strapped to me, you must... Um, use violence to protect it. I mean, or threaten it. No. Or some organization. Something. Right. Somebody just comes in and takes my car, uh, goes into my house while I'm not there. I mean, that's not not violence. I'm not... I don't know why you keep dragging this Georgism crap up. It's not Georgism. I have a house. I really live in a house. 855-450-3733. This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. You can call in to talk about whatever is on your mind. That toll-free number is 855-450-3733. And with you tonight, it's Aria. Gregorio. And Mark. And the next generation wallet is coming from Divi. In just a few taps, you'll be able to spend, earn, store, and exchange digital, digital money in seconds. Divi says you'll be able to send money around the globe in only a swipe. And instantly exchange between Divi, Bitcoin, and Fiat right in the mobile app and withdraw directly to your bank account. There's no need to wait, though, as Divi already offers the first one-tap solution for earning passive income with their multi-tiered masternodes, which allow anyone to earn by supporting the Divi network. When the new wallet launches because of Divi's relationship with Western Union, Divi will be in 200 countries, including the United States. You can learn more at DiviProject.org. That's D-I-V-I Project. Org. Now, we've been having a rather heated uh, discussion here, but before we get back into all of it, let's go to the phones. We've got Dan calling from Philadelphia. Dan, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Aria, Greg, and Mark. Can you hear me okay? Yep. Perfectly. What's on your mind? 
Uh, I just wanted to talk about a story that I think you mentioned yesterday about a guy who was dressed up as National Guard in Los Angeles getting arrested. Well, a, a caller uh, called in with that story. Uh, n- none of us had a news article about or anything like that. Okay, just a little bit more background. It's not sinister or anything. It was a, a kid that was trying to help his friend out um, to kind of protect the area and dressed up in full LARPing National Guard gear. Is that uh, stolen valor? There. I, that's what's being accused online in uh, in Instagram. <laughs> All like the, the valor community. of the National Guard. Stolen. Give it back. Did he, what? 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 What rank did he steal? Private? I have no idea. <laughs> the, the the valor of the private. <laughs> so he got arrested for kind of hanging out with the National Guard, and of course having a scary, spooky ghost gun. I guess he built one, and those seem to be illegal in California, as are many other things. So, well, who was his? Who was his buddy that he was trying to help? You know, I'm not too sure. Um, I follow this guy on Instagram, and he said he is the friend that this guy, his name's Greg Wong, asked, offered to come help and like make sure everything was okay instead of S hit the fan. Uh, and the guy said, like, I don't need your help. We're cool. You know, it's fine. But he came down there anyway on his own. So I'm not really sure exactly who the guy is or what his business is. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of the background information I have. Okay, so he was just trying to LARP as a soldier. And yeah. which says for live action role play, it's it's that nerdy thing people do at like Renaissance fairs and stuff. But he decided yeah. to do it as a National Guards person. And he's being is he being charged with stolen valor or is that just, you know, random people? No, on the I, internet? Think, I think maybe hanging out with them while you're dressed up as them is some kind of a crime. Uh, but well, he it's is being charged a bad with idea. the it's not a good idea. He's he's being charged with uh, the the weapons violation of manufacturing a weapon, uh, a ghost gun. Well, I hope it's it interesting. Works out for him. So th- this is for me. The ghost gunner uh, brings up very interesting questions, right? Like here in America, you can build tools. Here in America, yeah. supposedly, you have the right to keep and bear arms. Now, they could say, they could jump into the interstate commerce clause and they can say, yeah, but Ruger isn't allowed to sell you, um, you know, AR platform or whatever it is that they're, they're, they make their claim at because it goes across the states or whatever. And forget about a, a gun building business inside the state. In this case, you actually can build the gun in your own basement, just you know, it's yours. Like you built it. You bought the aluminum. You bought the the routing machine. You've created the tool. You've put to get put some accessories on it. And by the way, a gun, as defined by the uh, BATF, is uh, the the lower right. The this this odd little piece. In this case, it's carved out of aluminum. And then you just buy all the accessories that go on it. But in theory, you could go ahead and make the accessories, too. And according to this California law, as I understand it, I am not a gun expert and I'm not a legal expert. But as you know, you could just build a gun and in a country where you have the right to keep and bear arms, you can't have that gun. It's weird. Right. Yep. Well, it a would couple be, other states can, like that, too, I believe. It would I be unregistered. And they don't like that they at don't all. Like that. I mean, that that's illegal in almost every state, isn't it? You could build other things. What if you built a bomb, though? I mean, I would not suggest anyone build a bomb. First of all, that that's a really good way to just have the feds show up at your door. Right. I mean, buy enough nitrogen <laughs> fertilizer, and you've got them. <laughs> you know? there, are, there are limits, I guess, to 
what they'll tolerate. Dan, thank you so much yeah. for the call. Hopefully it works out with this guy, and hopefully it, it leads to a Supreme Court law regarding the manufactured weapons in the state of California. I don't think it's likely. I just wanted to suggest, what if he had a uh, a sexy National Guard uniform, like on Halloween when you have the sexy uh, policewoman hanging out with other police people? <laughs> <laughs> Is that okay? <laughs> it, it It's possible. I mean... <laughs> I has stole any, half your valor. Has anybody uh, has I, I anybody been those, arrested for impersonating a police officer for being in a, like a little mini skirt with a patch? Well, I, probably not. That's not a very good impersonation. No, sadly. I wish more police officers would you like did wear mini skirts. Would you like the police officers if they had a different uniform? I would like them better than I do now, for whatever <laughs> that's worth. Well, let's keep going to the phones. We've got um, Cruel Philosopher calling via Discord, which you can find at discord.freetalklive.com. Cruel Philosopher, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. A uh, big fan of the show. Um, I wanted to ask you guys, uh, what do you think about this idea, which is conservatives claim to be, you know, the party of small government. Uh, you know, they, they want the government out of their lives, yet they're so pro-police and military and I never understood how those two ideas can, like, you know, coexist in somebody's minds. Right. So Democrats like government bureaucrats, conservatives like government bureaucrats with guns and hoses. Hmm. Yeah, basically conservatives, they say the words that libertarians say, but really only in the economic sphere. In the social sphere, they're like, we would like the government to keep doing what it, you know, what the whole point is you're conserving the current America. So you need something to enforce Got you. The, the power, I guess. That's what I okay. would say. I don't know very many uh, conservatives who actually want small government, though. Uh, they, they just like saying it. I mean, they're fine with the National Guard roaming through the streets of the United States to put it into the Black Lives Matter protests. Mm-hmm. And you would think that a small government advocate would be against such a thing. See, there's also conservatives, like Republicans have have switched, right? Have split. You had conservatives, then you had the Tea Party, and then you had the, I would call it the alt-right, but you don't, whatever you want to call it, calling the Republican conservative cuck-servatives, right? That's what their name was for them, because they had principles, and they said, we're not going to support Donald Trump, we're going to support our principles. So, for example, when Donald Trump uses eminent domain to take land to build his wall. Or, or when they give emergency powers to Donald Trump to put people in cages. The conservatives might be against that, like if you're a conservative, right? Um, but you have to be careful because you could also be Republican and not conservative. You could be, let's say, against uh, Mexicans and Honduran refugees coming to the United States. And that's more important to you than limited government. Gotcha. Um, just one last thing. I wanted to say I live in New York City. Uh, and I heard you guys talking earlier about the, uh, you know, the, the rioters and whatnot. And if I didn't live in the city, I would believe that it was a lot worse than it is based on social media. So it's something just, you know, to keep in mind. Are you in Manhattan? No, I live in the Bronx. Okay. I mean, I've heard that the bad stuff's going on in Manhattan. And I've been in both those places. And it's like you don't know one, one thing, that, uh, you know, doesn't know what one side's going on the other. I don't know what's going on. 
Court philosopher, thank you so much for the call. It's an important reminder, and we had this discussion last night. You know, what, what's on the internet isn't necessarily real life. The next generation wallet is coming from Divi. In just a few taps, you'll be able to send, earn, spend, and exchange digital money in seconds. Send money around the globe with only a swipe. Instantly exchange between Divi, Bitcoin, and Fiat right in the mobile app and withdraw directly to your bank account. Divi already offers the first one-tap solution for earning passive income with crypto. Multi-tiered masternodes allow everyone to partake in the network. Visit DiviProject.org. DiviProject.org. This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. You can call in and talk about whatever is on your mind. That toll-free number is 855-450-3733. And with you tonight, it's Aria. Greg from New York. And Mark. And do you want more businesses accepting Bitcoin Cash and Dash? Well, now with AnyPay, you earn passive income for every purchase at those businesses, which means you finally have a financial incentive to spread Bitcoin Cash and Dash. You make it happen, so you receive the rewards. All you have to do is download the AnyPay Cash Register app and add your cryptocurrency wallet addresses. Then install it at a real-life business and tell us what you did at AnyPayInc.com. That's AnyPayInc.com. Commissions are instant. There's no waiting for weeks or months or for certain thresholds or any of that nonsense. No, it's instant. As soon as someone makes a purchase at one of these businesses with Bitcoin Cash or Dash, you get a cut. It's hard to beat that. That's AnyPayInc.com. Let's go to the phones. We've got Derek J, who is actually a CEO of AnyPay, on with us. Derek, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, thanks, Aria, for the promotion. I'm the president, but uh, oh. Steven Seiler is the CEO. No, no big deal. I, I wanted to let your listeners know about a man named David Dorn, who died yesterday as a man protecting a store, a pawn shop in St. Louis. He's a former police captain of St. Louis. And he's a black man. He was with the St. Louis police for 38 years. His wife is still with them. He's 77 years old. He volunteered when he heard about the looting. He went out to his friend's pawn shop, who he normally went to to check on the alarms if they were going off. And he went to the store because there was a problem uh, there. And they shot him. They killed him. And uh, as he lay there bleeding to death, he was filmed for Facebook Live. And um, I just want to put the word out there that, you know, I'm no, uh, I'm not the biggest fan of police. Who killed him? Looters. Looters who wanted to steal televisions and walk out with them without paying. So, um, you know, I'm not this big, people who know me from Victimless Crime Spree know that I've had my history with the police, but I want to put the word out there that there's good people out there who want to protect private property, and we should be supporting these types of people. The ones who want order, the ones who want uh, private property to remain in the rightful owner's hands, uh, the ones who want to protect people against violence, and the people who are doing violence uh, against these people, you know, it doesn't matter what costumes they wear, um, you, you judge you know, a, a tree by its fruits. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, thanks, Derek, for the sentiment. I, 
I guess I will have to watch the video, although I'm told that it's pretty sad and I don't particularly like watching things like that. Well, the like news that. is out there and it doesn't dis- uh, it doesn't uh, disagree with anything uh, Derek J said. I mean, basically, a right. former St. Louis police chief went to guard, help guard his friend's pawn shop and was killed by looters is a pretty accurate um, synopsis of the story. And, you know, I mean, look, <laughs> I can be against uh, police violence of, uh, you know, unarmed people. I can be against looters. I can be, um, I can understand where protesters are when they say, hey, we feel like our lives are in danger. I can get all those things and, uh, you know, all at one time. And uh, I think it's a real shame that these looters are, um, you know, running under the cover of what's a pretty good protest. Well, right. let me play devil's advocate here sure. and, and point out that, you know. You pawn- never do that. Yeah, never. And pawn shops are generally sort of exploitative in their behavior, almost like cash advance places, okay. right? Uh, a lot of these people who use pawn shops are from poor communities where they don't have a lot, where they may have to pawn their DVD player or their PS4 or something right. like that for 50, 60 bucks, whatever, and then have to pay effectively 200, 300, 400% interest over the course of a month in order to get it back. And I realized they voluntarily agreed to make this transaction. They voluntarily agreed to take out the loan and all of that stuff. I'm not saying they didn't, Mm -hmm. but I understand why someone from a poor community who's working at a Wendy's or a Burger King or a Walmart or whatever, who has to pawn their PS4 and then pay 33% over that when they go to pick it up 30 days later, is upset with the business that didn't just charge them $2. So we have an interesting mix here because you're talking on the one hand about non-aggression principle, right? And you're saying no no aggression, you can't go ahead and, and, and loot and steal. I'm not advocating what they're doing. I'm trying to understand their, their anger and their frustration. Well, if you have anger, are you able to break the non-aggression principle because you're angry? No. All right. I'm not saying they're righteous. I'm not saying they're justified. I'm saying I understand why they're upset. That's all huh? I've said. Well, I understand because people don't like the uh, consequences of their actions. All you have to have do- done is had a kid or, in frank- frankly, babysat a kid for a-, a brief period of time, and you realize that people don't like the consequences of their actions. Sure. The reason that people have to go to pawn shops, even poor people I've been poor. I've been part of the lowest socioeconomic class in America. We call them convicts, right? I know what it's like. I got out of prison. I didn't have much. Admittedly, I had a better uh, you know, network than a lot of people, but that's the reality of it is I didn't have much. The reason you got to go to a pawn shop is because you've never put together the ability to borrow from anybody else. And credit is a real part of, of the world, so uh, 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 the world that we live in. Sure, but and, they live in a system that intentionally refrained from teaching anything about the credit system whose or the financial fault is, is system. that the pawn shop owner's fault? No, no, no. it's the government's fault. I'm not saying, look, it's I'm not, not the government's the fault and that's either. That's what people are upset about. It's the systemic problems. It's not one individual pawn shop well, or even this incident, which was a ghastly incident and something that happens far too often with the police. It, it is the whole system that people are protesting. Credit isn't new, and it doesn't take a high IQ to understand it. Okay? So here, I'm going to give the simple idea for credit. When you borrow something, pay it back 
as quickly as you can. That's what credit is. And if you do that, then you're going to have good credit. And if you don't do that, you're going to have bad credit. If you have bad credit, then you've got to go to the payday lenders and the pawn shops and these other places, and you've got to get the money that you've got to get. Because well, it's not necessarily that they have bad credit. I mean, they could also have no credit. Usually, a no-credit person can get credit from somewhere, and you're prob- a no-credit person probably isn't going to a t- pawn shop, is what I'm thinking. You could just be making a poor choice in going to the pawn shop, in which case That's you've made a poor choice – Right. Going to the pawn shop. By the way, this is where my libertarianism <laughs> is a little bit different sometimes. Sure. Um, you know, a lot of times we assume that no matter how poor the person is, they have a way out. You know, they can just have better credit or pick themselves up by their bootstraps. But a lot of the time, the threshold is just a lot higher than many many people fall through the cracks, right? Right. And so if they cannot get them help themselves, then someone's either got to help them or we say, look, it's not, my, it's not my problem, right? And it just is what it is. And the thing is, we got to keep in mind, we are better off than all throughout human history. Water is coming to your house. That water is being cleaned. It's bacteria-free. There's little shrimps in the New York's water uh, that eat the bacteria. That kind of stuff never happened throughout history. I mean, Romans had aqueducts, but people had to carry water from the river, Right. A lot of the stuff, sanitation, uh, safety, child mortality is down. So we just come to expect all this stuff now. So I'm not saying that poor people today are not better off than poor people all throughout, than rich people throughout history. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is, given what we've come to expect, roof over your head, everything, many people cannot afford that today. There are people who can't afford it, but I think that with uh, diligence and a good attitude, you can move from the lowest uh, rung of the ladder to the middle rung. I'm I'm not saying you're going to be Bill Gates, but, you know, I went from broke, bankrupt to, um, you know, having my house paid off in about seven years. I mean, yeah. You think everybody can do that? that I, I think if they try hard enough, they probably can. I had a middle class income. 855-450-3733. 855-450-3733. This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. You can call in and talk about whatever is on your mind. That toll-free number is 855-450-3733. And with you tonight, it's Aria. Greg. And Mark. And Greg, you were talking about how the UBI may solve some of these problems of people who fall through the cracks in the financial system while we were in the break just now. Because, I mean, the, the system that we have in place now, the Federal Reserve System, the loan-based currency, it's designed for people to fall through the cracks. It's a game of musical chairs, and sometimes someone just has to be left standing without a chair. I mean, it's the bank underwriters who decide who gets the money, which business gets the money, and that's how money is created in this country. Most of the money that's created in the United States is actually created through banks giving loans or financing something. That's how it originates, and it's originated... Originally, it was backed by some commodity like gold, something in the vaults of the bank. Now we're getting used to the fact that 
You just need an underwriter to kind of look at the business and say, okay, I can see this business bringing in a cash flow over the next 10 years to cover this loan, right? So there's obviously if, if someone's going to fall through the cracks through no fault of their own, there should be a safety net uh, so they at least have a roof over their head or food on, you know, so they can get back up there. Someone like J.K. Rowling had that, and now she made Harry Potter. I'm not saying everybody can do that, but I, I would say that's true. If we're going to have a system in place that makes it mathematically certain that someone will fall to the cracks, yes, it, it, it would do. be good. In, <laughs> yes, and we do in such a system to have a safety net for those people. Yeah, and by the way, that UBI, you can think of it as, in a second way. That could be a money issuance mechanism that is by the people and not by the banks. In other words, if the government issues a dollar and gives it to a person, that person decides where to spend that dollar. So rather than the business co going together with the bank underwriter and creating money, because they're creating the money, instead, the business and the human being, a person, create the money based on the person's decision right now. You don't have to think what the business will do in the next 10 years. Right now, the person wants to buy X, Y, Z that they need. That's where the money goes. It still gets to the business. The end result is the same. After the first hop, it ends up in the business. But rather than the bank creating it and giving it to the business, the government gave it to a person, and the person voted with their wallet as to what they needed. So the money keeps actually going to the businesses, selling what people need right now. That's a, You think of it as a way to issue money, and it can exist alongside banks. It sounds, it sounds promising. Uh, I would rather it not exist alongside banks because I'm not a fan of banks and the evils. Well, they're probably they not going anywhere tomorrow. And one of the things I think about banks is is that they're going to have to change as time goes by. They offer a legitimate service, right? Like, do you want? Well, they used to. Well, then I think I think they still offer that legitimate service. What so would that let me ask you be? this, right? Like, let's say you have uh, ten one kilo gold bars. Okay. And um, you, I would not put that in a bank. Where would you put it? Anywhere else. Um, well, I've got some questions. Don't let the government catch you with those gold bars. So, um, Well, if I put it in a bank, they would immediately have caught me with them. Oh, yeah. If somebody uh, finds out that you've got 10 gold bars, maybe they come to your house in the middle of the night with a gun. Sure. And maybe they get the drop on you because that's what happens when somebody comes to your house with a gun, right? Sure. Because you don't have yours ready. And then they say, um, we're going to go find those 10 gold bars. Uh-huh. And because you've buried them out back, now you have to go with them. Whereas you could say they're at the bank and they don't open until 9 a.m. Hot shot. So do what you want. I can't get them. You okay. could say that. Yeah. But they. But you've just gone on the radio and said I would never do that. So I, maybe I, they I don't believe never, you. I would never keep ten kilo gold bars either. Well, so. I, I don't know what you would do. I'm just talking about a scenario. But do do. People have are there people out there with ten kilo gold bars? I I, I could I'm sure maybe. the answer is yes. Know. Is it a good idea for those people to keep them in the brisker on their countertop in their kitchen? That's a better idea than entrusting even a single penny to the banking system in the United States. I disagree. Well, you're one frozen account away from agreeing with me then. Well, <laughs> I, you could you could put it in a uh, lockbox and um, you know get in there. Until the bank, you know, has to default and they they sell that gold, well, look, which, which they have or. the right to do legally in the United States and in the United Kingdom as well. I say if this is a better system, 
the banks will lose because it's better, not because we don't need to shut down the banks. And in fact, I think we do, but (laughs) (laughs) well, we're not going to because we need to convince everybody first. We can convince them by having a better system where the UBI is issued through the people and it gets to the businesses that way. And if it goes that way, then it actually goes to where it's needed the most at the moment. Or rather, just the currency itself, rather than being a UBI, can be you know issued directly by the people through agreement, and they can do this how? Uh, well, I'm working on stuff like that myself. Okay. Yes. Uh, Where so, can people find out more about this? Okay. One of, so one of my libertarian projects is called intercoin.org. If you go to intercoin.org, you will find a project that aims to give power to the people by allowing each community to issue its own currency. Now, why would you want to have your own currency like a casino has its own chips or Disneyland has its own Disney dollars? Why, what's the point? Well, the community obviously gets a, a soft power because the casino chips are valuable in the casino and uh, you wouldn't take a million dollars of chips and just go home with them because they're worthless outside the context of the casino. That's a soft power that you don't need violence to enforce. You don't need an armed guard uh, outside the casino saying that you can't take these chips outside. You could take as many as you want. It would be irrational to steal chips from the casino. By having that power now, it's called a network effect. Everyone in the casino accepts those chips there. The casino can print more chips or issue more chips and give it to anybody that they think that should have it. So a, a community can end food insecurity by giving every homeless person enough money to buy food, for example. That's a form of UBI. They could pay for everyone's health insurance and so on if they so want So to carry it. out the example, the casino could say, hey, we have these seven people sitting over there. They're hungry and they don't have the chips to pay for their meal. So let's just grab some chips and go give them to them. No violence. Nobody had to be coerced to support to provide that service of giving them food. They got the chips. They paid like everybody else. So there's no violence, but you solve the problem of food insecurity. Very cool. That's intercoin.org, I-N-T-E-R, coin.org. Definitely worth looking into because there's a because you also mentioned earlier that people can vote via intercoin. Right, and I'm fascinated about this uh, idea, right? Okay, so we're voting basically the way that we voted in 1789. A granted, more than white male 21-year-old landowners can vote. By the way, George... Washington was voted in with fewer than 3% of the population voting. And I think that that's really important for some reason. Um, But, you know, now here in 2020, we're all carrying around these, what would have been called in 1979, a supercomputer, right? Um, I've got a Samsung 9 Plus in my hand because I'm too cheap to buy the newest phone. I've never have. Um, And... uh, you know, like this thing has an incredible amount of computing power to, you know, previously it it can tell whether I'm me or not by f- scanning my face or uh, checking out my my finger. Now, and, have you activated the stuff? Uh, not my face, but I do use the the finger thing. It's, it's really pretty awesome because you don't have to work very hard. But yes, yeah, Sam, Samsung has I would my, disable that. Why? Uh, because you can easily get arrested and a cop can just take your finger and unlock your phone in a half a second. Um, at this point, there's a new ruling out last week or this week that says that even unlocking your, your lock screen is uh, is a search. 
So we've had some ruling oh, that's recently. That's cool. Yeah. It's a, it's a new good ruling. Anyway, as far as voting goes, um, I, I figure these gizmos are going to replace voting polling booths at some point. I presume we're going to use blockchain technology because it's the only way to be sure in a trustless fashion that things are true. How's Intercoin going to do that? You've got one minute. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm just going to say that if you can't have large gatherings, how are you going to go to the voting booth and have everybody gathering to vote? We're going to have to eventually move to this thing. Um, I don't see any reason why I should go have to spend 45 minutes to vote, and that's a good day. Yeah. Well, you can mail in your ballot already. Yeah, but I have to have planned ahead to get my ballot in order to mail it in. And the mailing in ballot, how is that different? So instead of the mail system trusting the federal government with the post office, why don't you trust the mathematics of the cryptography? So I can get into it, but... It's intercoin.org. You yeah. can go and uh, find out more. Participate in the project. Possibly make big gains if you, uh, you want to uh, invest, but intercoin.org. When we get back, happy Pride Month. Police have opened fire on a gay bar because the owner was handing out water to protesters. 855-450-3733. Remember when you first heard about Bitcoin? How long did it take you to realize this little project would soon change the world? Do you kind of wish you had gotten involved sooner? Well, now is your chance to be part of the next revolution in money. Intercoin is working to finally make crypto go mainstream. It's designed to be scalable enough to support everyday payments and even elections without the state. Bitcoin was originally supposed to be a peer-to-peer cash system, the way we would all pay one another without having to trust any third party. But instead, over time, it mostly became a store of value. That's because every 10 minutes, The Bitcoin network must put all transactions into a block, and that block can only hold so much. If crypto is to become mainstream, for everyone to use it in everyday payments, we need a new architecture, one that's as secure as Bitcoin while being far more scalable. Check out intercoin.org to find out more, and maybe pick up some of those coins for yourself. This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. You can call in and talk about whatever is on your mind. That toll-free number is 855-450-3733. And with you tonight, it's Aria. Greg. And Mark. And if you're reading Discord at discord.freetalklive.com, Mark, they're never going to believe that. I used to do a topless show. They've all seen it. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, as we were talking about, or as we alluded to before the break, a, a LGBTQ bar in North Carolina, um... The the police opened fired on it. This is coming from LGBTQ Nation, and, and it's particularly funny to me because it's it's Pride Month, and Pride Month is just sort of, I mean, it's not something I'm really into in the first place, obviously, but it, it's just been completely overrun right now by you know rightful protests against police violence. Well, the two things have merged here: police opened fire on an LGBTQ bar in North Carolina. After they received an anonymous tip that the bar was giving water bottles to protesters. Tim. When you say open fire, what does that mean? uh, They pulled out their guns and they shot at the bar owner. I need to hear more. Yeah. So Tim Lemuel is the owner of the Ruby Deluxe in Raleigh. 
He said that on Saturday night, his business was vandalized with a white supremacist symbol and the bar's glass doors and windows were broken. So on Sunday evening, he decided to stay at his business in part to deter vandals. He also set up a first aid station for people who needed medical attention, washing tear gas and pepper spray out of people's eyes and handing out water bottles and granola bars. He said that he and some staff were working there for about seven hours before six police officers arrived and told them to move just after midnight. This is my business, Lemuel responded in a video that has since been posted online. I rent this space. The police officers again told him to move. The, these protectors of private property that you were all for, well, not all for earlier, but no, yeah, these I'm not all protectors for of private property again told him to move, said the game is over. Get out. Get Lem- out of where? His bar. <laughs> he had to leave his bar? Well, that's what they told him to. Lemuel walked back toward his bar. Apparently, he had stepped outside to talk to them, presumably. I don't know. It, it doesn't, you know, it's not a straight narrative here. At this point, they don't know whether he was walking back in to lock the doors. As he should, I mean, as he should have the right to. Well, uh, I mean. He should have he the should, right to stay there. He should have the right to stay there. But if he's ordered to leave, at the very least, they should let him do is lock the door. Fair. But at, yeah, they don't have the right to order him to leave, I would argue. But let me. I wouldn't claim that. Walked back toward his bar and police said, You've been told and opened fire. I was in the army for eight years, so the bangs didn't bother me, but my staff were scared out of their minds. If you've never been in that situation, it appears like you're going to be killed. So evidently, um, the police in Raleigh are equally as bad shots as they are in New York City. Lemuel said that deputies had already passed by the bar, which isn't far from the Wake County Justice Center. During the seven hours, they had every opportunity to come down and check on us, see what was going on, or tell us their concerns. They chose not to, and at some point, they just went straight for guns blazing. I think that's the root of a lot of these problems. I'm just stunned by this. We weren't chanting. We weren't yelling. We weren't gesturing to them. There was nothing that we were doing to instigate a response like that. Right. The Wake County Sheriff's Office. Not that chanting, yelling, or whatever should institute a response of opening fire. Certainly not. The Wake County Sheriff's Office said that the shooting was... Cops are supposed to have to account for every single bullet that they fire while on duty. I'd be interested in knowing what what the inspector at their police department is uh, saying about this. Where's the body cam footage? Well, I... uh, I'll tell you, they said that the shooting was justified because it worked and it forced the first aid station to disband. Once deputies urged the crowd to disperse several times and there is noncompliance, the next step is to disperse the crowd, said the Wake County Sheriff's Office spokesperson. The spokesperson said that the police showed up at the bar because of an anonymous tip that the bar was handing out water to protesters. But the Wake County Sheriff's Office use of force policy says that officers can't use weapons, neither lethal nor less than lethal, if people are only putting up passive or verbal resistance. Right. That doesn't make any sense. I mean, I don't get how this is justified. I'm listening for the justification, and I have yet to hear the justification for shooting at people who didn't listen to you about shutting down a water stand. Well, according to the sheriff's office, it was justified because it worked. We have ins- we have uh, investigated ourselves and we have found that we have done nothing wrong. Well, their goal was to force the first aid station to disband. So they shot at it and it disbanded. So therefore, it was justified. It worked. Now, what is illegal about running a first aid station? 
in the first place. Is that illegal? Do you have to be do you have to be licensed and regulated and properly authorized by in, the state? In this kind of environment, lots of things could be illegal. Right now in New York City, there is a curfew. It's illegal to do things like be outside, walk around in the park. All the more reason to avoid New York City. But let's go to the phones. We've got Robbie calling from uh, Myrtle Beach in South Carolina. Robbie, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, I would just like to thank you for taking my call, number one. Number two, you should still find yourself. I'm sorry, what was that? You seem to be using a cell phone. And, phone yeah, we might have lost you. I, I, what did he say? I don't know. I, 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 I get the impression it was supposed to be a gotcha. Uh, yeah, I got so too, but I couldn't even hear it. But no. I don't know what it was. Come get us no. back. No. Yeah. yeah. I'm good on that. So this attack occurred on Monday night. Curfew wasn't imposed in Raleigh until Monday night. Had it been anybody, it would have been bad enough, said Raleigh City Council member Uh, Nicole Stewart, the idea that it was an individual, a business owner, trying to help other individuals in our community makes it that much more startling, and I can't let it sit. Stewart sent the video to the city manager and the police chief and is asking for an investigation into the shooting, but as you pointed out, they've already investigated, and they've determined that it was justified because it worked. Here's the thing. We've had two stories, and, and one story, the protesters, the looters, shot at people. On the other story, the police shot at people, okay? What we have here is we have essentially bad behavior on the side of the police, and then we have bad behavior on the side, I would say, not of protesters, but of people infiltrating the protests as well. The difference is the police are organized, or at least they're supposed to take a chain of command. They're the only ones that can de-escalate. That's why they have the responsibility to de-escalate things. If they don't do it, how do they expect a random disorganized mob to de-escalate? Well, I mean, you, you sort of implied here that the that the looters are as bad as police for shooting people. And, uh, you know, yes, obviously shooting people, there's no justification for it. However, they wouldn't be doing that if the police hadn't started killing people first. Well, I'm not even assigning blame. I'm saying responsibility is always on the organized police. You can't expect a disorganized mob to organize itself to de-escalate. But you can expect a police force to de-escalate, like many police do, and march with the protesters. Why don't all police do that? It, it seems to be working as far as a de-escalation tactic, this kneeling uh, before the protesters and marching with the protesters kind of thing appears – where that happens – there's a correlation of a lack of rioting and looting. Right. So, I mean, that it's a tactic. As a tactic, I should say, it, it seems to work. It shouldn't just be a tactic. It should be a policy. In fact, when cops arrive at a scene, any scene, the first thing through, through their mind should be, can we de-escalate this first? But they're being trained in this country to do the exact opposite. Yeah, and, and it's expected that the random person that they pull a gun on is supposed to be calm and collected, not the officer who supposedly has been trained to be calm and collected. Right. It's not the individual officer who dials it up to an 11. It's the training that radicalizes each person that could be a normal, reasonable person. They tell him, bang, you could be dead. You have to dial it to an 11 in the first second. Yes, you have to take control of the situation. He may have been trained to do that, but he, the, the cop still is the individual responsible for doing it. I mean, they don't. But it's the system. It's the system that trains the individual. 
the system that they voluntarily signed up for. That's right. Yeah, they, they don't get to be absolved of responsibility. I mean, they're still the ones who pull the guns and shoot But people. we need to change the system. I would agree, but I would rather see an end to the system than a change. And I, I don't see that either. That doesn't always go well. I don't see either event being particularly likely. 855-450-3733. That's 855-450-3, as in. Radio that you control. You can call in and talk about whatever is on your mind. That toll-free number is 855-450-3733. With you tonight, it's Aria. Greg. And Mark. And you can join us and other liberty-minded voluntarists, anarchists, and libertarians from June the 29th until July the 5th for Fort Fest 2020 at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. Fork Fest is happening the week after the Porcupine Freedom Festival. And ForkFest is decentralized, which means that no one is in charge. It also means there's no ticket cost. Just reserve your camping site, RV site, or motel room with Rogers Campground for June the 29th until July the 5th. And we're better to celebrate Independence Day than around other freedom-loving activists in the Shire. You can just relax and go camping, or you can create whatever experience or event you'd like others to have. But if you're planning an event for ForkFest, be sure to let others know in advance. You can connect with other Forkfesters via the unofficial Telegram chat or the Forkfest forum. Links to those are on the unofficial website, forkfest.party. Again, that's forkfest.party. And let's go to the phones. I'm, we're, we're pretty sure this is James from Arizona. James calling from the Grand Canyon. You're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, and I'm on the side of a cliff that I'm the only one here. Cause I'm the only one that has the balls. It would be James such a shame if you had an accident. It's like I know you are not calling when you're speaking to me from a church of love. <laughs> you're a POS. Just as you're not... I'm a point of self. Excuse me, let me catch my breath. I didn't expect somebody to take my call. Why are you anyway, out of breath, I, James? Uh, yeah, because I'm going on a 90-degree angle. Something you couldn't do. And ironically, the only person... You're calling at a 90-degree angle? He's right. Yeah, you got to use your hands to climb up a mountain. How are and you holding the phone? <laughs> you, you, Hey, Greg, I don't know what loser you are, but I recognize your voice from listening to the show. I appreciate it's, it. I carry it with me. James, how insane are you bed. that you expect me to believe that you are right now climbing up the side of the Grand Canyon? If he is up, um, climbing up the side of the Grand Canyon, how he's crazy is it to call him people while you're doing it? Like, enjoy the view, hey, dude. No, this is amazing. Hey, he thought of you calling from hey, the Grand Canyon. Millionaire. He is Dick crazy no matter which of these scenarios is true. Yeah. It's 100% true, as I always tell the truth. Unlike the loser you're looking at that you take afterwards, you lie with which with which the ease you breathe, and you don't care about the truth. Okay, James. Thanks for the call. Have a good night. I was going to listen to more of it. Uh, Mike uh, from Goldwater, Washington. Wow. You're on Free Talk Live. Hold on. I'm I'm climbing up Mount Si right now in my wheelchair. <laughs> you know what? Um, I'm also my goodness. The Grand Canyon right now. You point of sale. You, <laughs> you filthy points of sale. Hey, listen. Um, I heard later last night after your show from. Uh, it seems like any criminal lawyer knows 
that uh, this third degree murder would be the way to actually, um, whatever they call it, prosecute this officer. Second and first degree, there's like this humongous chance that it will be an acquittal. And if that happens, I would suggest for those that are going to go peacefully protest, bring some hot dogs. Because if they acquit this guy, it's almost like they are deliberately over trying to charge him with what will not stick. And then he's going to like they're deliberately going to create more trouble when they could get him on third degree without question. But now he might get acquitted, probably will. And it's going to get hot out. Yeah, that's what I think the reason acquitted, they would you... elevated the charges was because of, you know, all of the protests and the demands for that. Right. Well, Klobacher, um was the one that's sort of credited with this in some way. Senator Klobacher announces it on Twitter. Hey, good news. The guy that we have arrested and the guy that we have charged, we're super duper charging him. Right. And um, you can you can thank me, good people. Uh, my my voting constituent as you burn down buildings. Um, and right. I believe what she's and trying most- to do is to become Biden's running mate by saying, hey, look, I've got all the rioters that like me. Right. I mysteriously care about racial tension in the country. But I think what's really going to happen is that most people think that second and first is the way better because we don't know. We're not lawyers. We don't we just think number one is the way to go. (laughs) And and I think it's going to backfire. I hope not. But uh, boy, I'm glad I live in Goldbard. Quiet. To stick here, I believe what they have to do is they have to prove that he, whether he um, had premeditated, first degree murder requires premeditation, second degree murder requires intent. Okay? So you have to. (sighs) It's really hard to argue that you accidentally strangled someone to death. By holding your knee on their neck for nine minutes. If you held your knee on the anyway. on the neck of, of of ten people, and the tenth and the eleventh one dies, it's pretty easy to argue that this system, although it is not allowed by police departments to be used, is not an intent to kill. Anyway, thank you, everybody. Yeah, thanks for the call, Mike. I don't, I, I don't Bye. know. As you pointed out, though, you know, most people are not a, are are not attorneys. They don't know the difference between second degree, first degree, third degree murder. I, I don't. I don't think third degree murder even exists in most places. This is, frankly, and I said it all along, this is manslaughter. And people don't like to hear that. It's like, it's like manslaughter means that they get a parade and they don't ever have to go to jail and nothing bad ever happens. Are you kidding? Manslaughter is punishable by up to 10 years in prison. What do you think it's like to be a cop in prison for 10 years? It sucks. I, I don't know the legal difference. But I, I would definitely agree with the masses of people here, just based off what I've seen in the legal system. I'd say system. this. Nobody knows what prison's like. If you have to send somebody to prison for 10 years, you might as well just kill them. I mean, prison's a miserable place designed to turn, you know, whether you like it or not, designed to turn somebody into a lifelong criminal. Anybody who does 10 years and walks out and doesn't commit crimes, you know, ought to get a freaking medal. And that's, again, the system, everything about the system, the prison system, the fact that the cops get convictions at a lower rate than regular people, the fact that the prosecutor's on the side of, you know, what is it, regular person gets 99% conviction rate with a grand jury? Cop doesn't get that. Then you've got the— Well, of course not, because the cops, the prosecutors, the district attorneys, the judges, the people who write the laws, they're all on the same side. Exactly. You've got a system— of who's watching the watchers? Well, the uh, the people, the watchmen, 
They're just above the law sometimes. And this is a weird thing. They're only getting in trouble with qualified immunity if they should have known that they're, what they're doing is against a clear law. So there was a case recently where they took stuff out of a house. Uh, they just straight up stole it. But they didn't. Uh, they got qualified immunity. Why? Because they said it was the police department that confiscated it and they stole from the police department, technically. So therefore, it's an internal matter. See, but it was the guy's stuff. Yeah. Anyway. Which he's never going to get back. Probably not. Probably not. So I, I'm not a fan of cops. Grant, badges don't grant extra rights. No, they don't. But cops think they do. You know, and, I think and that everybody the, thinks that. Here in America, they do seem to grant extra rights. They shouldn't, but they do. I can't kneel with my knee on someone's neck for nine minutes until they die without being charged with some sort of murder charge or even a manslaughter charge. Because let's not forget here that the charging of these police officers, that's rare. It has historically not been happening in the United States. 855-450-3733. That's 855-450-FREE. The next generation wallet is coming from Divi. In just a few taps, you'll be able to send, earn, spend, and exchange digital money in seconds. Send money around the globe with only a swipe. Instantly exchange between Divi, Bitcoin, and Fiat right in the mobile app and withdraw directly to your bank account. Divi already offers the first one-tap solution for earning passive income with crypto. Multi-tiered masternodes allow everyone to partake in the network. Visit DiviProject.org. DiviProject.org. This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. You can call in to talk about whatever is on your mind. That toll-free number is 855-450-3733. And with you tonight, it's Aria. Mr. Greg. And Mark. And, you know, now is the time, according to popular science, to switch to an encrypted communication app. I I love everything about this article uh, because I... I'm always so happy when when I meet people and I get their number and I start texting them and, oh, look, Signal just notified me that this message was encrypted. Thank you, other person on the other end who isn't involved in the anarchist or libertarian or cryptocurrency communities, but who is encrypting their messages anyway. It's great. Yeah, I think we need mass adoption for crypto. And the problem has been that uh, it's been niche projects. Yeah. But we need to have Facebook Messenger etc. They're all being encrypted, but we have to take their word for it. Yeah, I, I it's just we gotta have open source software with encryption. That, I just I, assume that everything that I send via Facebook is, you know, being monitored because it's Facebook. And they also make a big show of it. You never know. They could be saying, Oh no, we can't decrypt this. Or meanwhile, yeah. that's exactly what you want them to they want you to think. The awesome thing about Signal is that it doesn't matter whether or not the other person uses it. I mean, it can work just fine as your standard right. SMS messaging. Right, you can just messaging. use it to text. Yeah. But if the other person does have Signal, it will encrypt those messages. You can send you know, pictures, whatever, all of it encrypted end-to-end. No one else can read them except the person who you sent your message to. Exactly. So you may not have heard of the app called Signal or Wire or Telegram or, any, or Keybase or any of these other platforms that allow encrypted secure messaging but the user experience uh, particularly signal which is what this article focuses on 
feels similar to many other video call and chat apps you've probably used in the past. Now, I've never used uh, Signal's video call feature. I didn't even know they had that. Neither did I. No, they have audio. I, yeah, and I know that Telegram encrypts calls. I don't think it just encrypts generic messages from one person to the other unless you make a secret chat. Is that correct? Yeah, but you may not know this, but the web, every web browser today supports end-to-end encrypted video chat. It's called WebRTC, stands for Web Real-Time Chat, and it's a technology that's open. So not just Signal, but any web developer, developer of any website can put some JavaScript, and suddenly you can communicate with other people on that website totally end-to-end encrypted. It's available to everybody now. That's a really cool feature. Yeah. I wasn't aware of that. So in recent years, Signal has become a go-to tool for journalists and for others who want to ensure the privacy of their communications. With more chat app options than ever vying for space on your phone, paying attention to privacy is extremely important. What always gets me about people is asking me if I have WhatsApp. No. Why Why in the hell would I have WhatsApp? Well, I- You don't even have to be paranoid or privacy-minded to know that WhatsApp is owned by Facebook. (laughs) Well, I don't know if it's it's awful or not, but I know it's owned by Facebook, and that's about all I need to know about it. And I also use Facebook Messenger. I have, I don't use Facebook Messenger, won't put that crap on my phone, uh, but... I use it to message people who I am friends with on Facebook. Right, I got mm-hmm. it. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying you're a bad person, I'm just saying I won't put it on my phone. I, well, I feel bad for doing it, That so. invasive yeah. little... <laughs> I have a question. It's like a Why tick. does one company need two messengers? I never understood that. Well, WhatsApp developed itself as a competitor and they just bought it. They bought it. Yeah. Sure, they bought it, it, but like, why did they not merge the two, you know, networks? Like, what's the point of having... Two different apps. Like, Pro- it's, it's probably, probably just some too antitrust big nonsense and difficult to do. I have WhatsApp because. Oh, uh, you have WhatsApp, but you want to install Facebook Messenger. That's correct. I have WhatsApp because <laughs> if if you want to message foreign people, this is their thing. Yeah. Like, WhatsApp is huge outside of the United States. Well, they, they need to get on board and use Telegram or Keybase. Right. Do I just tell them? I or don't, whatever that fork of Keybase like, is called. We're not going to talk. If uh, if you don't use Telegram, is that my is my is that where I go on this? By the way, you know who bought Keybase, the company, recently? Zoom. I knew they had been purchased by someone, but a fork yeah. of the, uh, Keybase came out. Now it got forked. Yeah, every time MySQL got bought, they made MariaDB, which is a fork of. It always gets forked once it's bought. Do you know anything about the fork of Keybase? Because I still haven't migrated off of Keybase now that it's owned by Zoom of all people. I, I'm not a big fan of Zoom. If a if a tech company was going to buy Keybase, I would I would be more comfortable with someone like log me in rather than Zoom. But I, I would rather they just not have been bought out entirely because it, it was such a great idea. You know, well, verifying your social your online presence invaluable. One part of capitalism is it's owned by a group of people, and now they're probably going to shut down most of the Keybase. But the part that's not capitalism is the open source part. That's how it was able to get forked, and the information's out there. Nobody owns it. There's no ownership, and that's what leads to everybody being able to use it, just like the web. So, yeah, uh, Keybase, if they developed it and, and kept it, humanity would not be able to have forked it right now. Yeah. What's frustrating about the whole thing with Keybase is that this happened like weeks after everyone here in the Keen crypto community, in the New Hampshire crypto community, created Keybase accounts and shared them with each other and friended each other. Now, Mark, you probably weren't a part of this and followed each other and all of that. And just a few weeks later, 
it gets bought out by Zoom. Just very get, frustrating. Yep. Yeah. Chinese government. But there is a fork of it now that I have to look into at some point. Look, Netscape was killed by Internet Explorer. Yeah. And instead of just dying, blah, they they gave away the code again. No ownership, so they got we got Mozilla Firefox based on that. Yeah, and that's true. Everything we have today is a counterweight to Internet Explorer is because of that. It's because they gave away their source code. So if you're currently involved in activism or journalism or in any other sensitive field, or if you just don't like the idea of having sex with your blinds wide open, then this is the right time to start making the switch to an encrypted means of communication. Because I don't like this idea that popular science is putting forward that, you know, if you have something sort of secretive to hide, you should consider into encryption. No, you should just consider it anyway for the same reason you don't have sex in your front yard. Although I will say, if you are reduced to having encryption to escape the government, the problem might not be the encryption. It might be that you need a better society, that you can a freer yeah. society. Um, one thing we know is that encryption is used by the United States government and every, every other government. And it basically allows freedom of communication for those organizations. One thing that the nobles really hated was when the serfs began to get weapons that they had that were relatively easy to use, right? So giving a serf a sword and sword fighting him is never a problem. Giving a serf a uh, a, 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 a crossbow, sorry, I was losing the name there, a crossbow, they could work that right off the bat, yeah, and they can kill a noble well, I mean, they can very work, quickly. They can work a sharp piece of metal off the bat as well. It just takes a little bit more skill. It's a lot more skill. I mean, there's really it's the finer points. I'm sorry, yeah. it, it, the finer points. Ha ha. So, um, it, yeah. And anyway, Dad this jokes. is. Yeah, it's, I've it, seen his swords. They're real. <laughs> I have swords. <laughs> so, um, basically, you know. One way or the other, you have to decide whether or not you want to employ the same level of communication these people do. Using something like Signal or Telegram or a variety of these apps that are known to be more secure than just whatever you're using, text. It's the difference between Signal and a text is the difference between a sealed envelope and a postcard. And, you I mean, how do you send your letters? All you have to do is go download this thing, and then it works just like everything else. I admit it's computer interface, it's laptop interface, or, you know. Oh, that's absolutely horrible. It's not great. Um, it's, I mean, and it won't show you any of your non-encrypted messages, it which won't. would be a nice feature for it to have. I would like that. I would love to be able to text people, you know, just via SMS I don't know how Signal makes money. I don't either. You know, they, it's not capitalism. Or something? They just got bought out. It's an anarchist named Moxie. Oh, no, that. Okay, yeah. well, he's not in it for the money then, presumably. He's oh, in it for the they privacy. have tons of money from selling WhatsApp to Facebook. Signal used to have WhatsApp. The founders of WhatsApp started soon. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't either. Interesting connection. 855-450-3733. That's 855-450-FREE, as in free of government spying by using encrypted communication.
This is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. You can call in and talk about whatever is on your mind. That toll-free number is 855-450-3733. With you tonight, it's Aria. And Greg. And Mark. And I want to say thank you to Reasonable Voice, who is tonight's amplifier. That means he's a member of the AMP program, which stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. People who join that program, which only costs $5 per month, are helping us to get on more radio stations to get out there for more people to listen to, to watch the show, and all of that awesome stuff. Hence this name. It allows us to advertise, market, and promote Free Talk Live. You can find it at amp.freetalklive.com. It comes with a number of cool little perks like the amp-only Facebook group, the amp-only chat room on the Discord server, and other cool little things like that. Check it out. It's amp.freetalklive.com, amp.freetalklive.com. Reasonable voice. Thank you so much for your contributions. We hope you continue listening and amplifying the show. Well, let's go to the phones. We've got David calling from New Mexico. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, listening on Discord.com. And, uh, hey, Mark, what were you saying earlier about uh, Guns and Hoses? You got a new band? <laughs> That's kind of funny. I don't know. I, what the hell I, I had previously about? said <laughs> that Democrats like government bureaucrats and Republicans like government bureaucrats with guns and hoses. Okay, because I just can't fit the fireman thing in exactly right. But I think everybody likes firemen, so maybe I should just go with guns. But yeah, especially the hoses—they they like they like firemen. Isn't your ma- your wife going to get upset about that? You hanging out with all them hoses? <laughs> More. What you I've been hanging out about, with them David? for years. Well, ho- hoses, of course. Uh, government case study. So uh, New Mexico is an interesting case study. They're on two in two parts. One, they're a test bed for the left um, because they don't have much uh, national power all by themselves. And because of their demographic, they're a test bed for the national lefties that send in lobbyists from both coasts to come in and influence state law in our legislature. And if you and if you I mean, everybody's familiar with, for instance, Michigan, the governor there, what she's doing. Uh, and the one here is is similar. Michelle Lujan Grisham, she's she's left like that, wants to lock you down and take this and take that and tell you what to do. But it, but it's she's not not as well known because it's New Mexico and not Michigan. Um, but because New Mexico is so small, uh, money wise and population wise, relatively speaking, uh, and notoriety, or uh, uh, they're not well known. It's easier to come in here and get the ear of the lefties that are in power and get them to go along. And it helps also that the governor here wants to be the your next uh, vice president. Um, so you, you have that combined with they, they don't produce anything here. I mean, literally nothing. New Mexico is the poorest state in the nation, literally. And, and now they've lost their oil and gas. It all went bye-bye. And, and oil and gas paid for 40% of the state budget hmm. of New Mexico. And, it, and it's all gone for the moment. You know, some of it's going to come back, but it's all gone. And so they've, they've always prided themselves. They've had a $15 billion rainy day fund. Well, now it's raining. And uh, they're, they're speculating that the governor is going to want to take like $3 billion of that $15 billion uh, just and spend it just in this next year. So if she spends $3 billion a year, you know, you got five years, uh, and, you're, and then you're all done, and then what are you going to do? So I'm just saying it's going to be an interesting case study to, to watch New Mexico and see what happens, especially if things don't change uh, back uh, to where they, they were. Now, you uh, mentioned that, that the state of New Mexico has currently lost its oil and gas production or 
drilling or whatever. Um, is this because yeah. of the coronavirus? Well, basically, yeah, because the economy shut down, nobody's driving, nobody's flying, et cetera. So the the oil oil and gas price or oil price especially plummeted down below the cost of production. And so it would cost them money to go to work. So they just quit taking it out of the ground for the time being. And 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 also the other thing is that New Mexico taxes oil and gas industry more than other states do, like Texas and Alaska and North Dakota. And 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 on, on top of that, there's a lot of lefties here that don't want oil and gas anyway. They want them. They want them all go bye bye, and they're putting up uh, wind generators and solar instead. And so all those things combined uh, is making so they're driving the oil and gas out of New Mexico. And so when, when the oil and gas does come back, they'll start drilling across the straight state line in Texas instead of uh, in New Mexico because the oil and gas is right on the border anyway. All they got to do is drive ten miles down the road there in Texas, and they can drill there instead of. New Mexico. So it's going to be fun to watch what happens to this state. They've already they're already in a bad place and and it's going to uh, possibly get very very much worse. So the 3 billion, what's she going to spend it on? Just operating budget, Te- teachers mainly. Most of that goes to paying teachers. And teachers have what? A union. I wouldn't imagine vote. 3 billion dollars would go very far with whenever well, a government is involved. State. Okay. Yeah, well, it doesn't. It doesn't. But New Mexico is a, it's a small state, and they pay the lowest wages uh, in the nation for many, many, many things. So it goes farther here than it would elsewhere. Okay. Well, David, I, I hope that your predictions about things are wrong. Thank you so much for the call, though. I don't know what to tell the people of New Mexico about the loss of gas and oil production. Um, that, that's inevitable anyway at some point in the future. You know, when he started the call, it reminded me of a fireman in New Mexico. He had a son uh, named Jose. Then he had another son. He named him Hose B. (laughs) (laughs) So we're talking about encryption here. Well, we were, I seem to have put it away while I was looking for a alternative to Coinbase. I mean, not but specifically, this was a uh, a puff piece for Signal, right? Well, it only, it it moves on to other things. Okay. Uh, Keybase is the word I was looking for. Uh, like just this way, we talked about how Zoom has purchased Keybase, and I was looking for a fork of it. Apparently, I was mistaken. Some people are discussing the possibility of of creating a fork of it because it was blockchain based. So obviously, instead of just building the ground up, they would just fork it from whatever Zoom bought and you know take it their own direction. But Zoom announced that it would not make free calls encrypted. Now, this is through the Zoom software, presumably, and not through Keybase. I don't know if Keybase can even make calls. I've never tried. But it would not make free calls encrypted specifically so that they can give law enforcement access in case people, quote, misuse the platform. So this is where I'm going to get on my left libertarian soapbox a little bit, okay? Because when you have a privately owned company like Zoom or like Keybase, you can sell Keybase to Zoom. You can sell out. Then you can have you can have the feds, and, and you can actually go ahead and turn this into uh, something that the feds can listen in on. You can turn the network easily uh, into something like that because it's privately owned. Compare that to something like the web, which you cannot turn so easily into something, or the Bitcoin. Well, network. wasn't Keybase open source? Keybase may have open sourced their software, and to the extent they did, other people should pick it up and run with it. Absolutely. It's not a, 
It's exactly not own not owning the source code, which is makes it free and makes people yeah. free to use it. I'm definitely a fan of open source, as I understand it. Signal is open source. Uh, Telegram, I think, is open source. Telegram has open sourced a lot of their stuff, but it's mostly run by Telegram. But their new network, Ton, uh, was banned by the federal government. Yeah, despite raising more money than any other uh, ICO in you know, right. history. Well, and not despite, but probably because of. Because, yeah, <laughs> maybe EOS. But like um, now there's going to be an open source movement probably running their software because they've open sourced it all oh they did they did open source oh yeah yeah they gave it it's all on github and you can run it see the thing is good for them if you if you compare all these projects with less ownership versus projects that are privately owned the ones that have no ownership have outpaced the ones with ownership. So, for example, America Online. Well, that's not true with yeah. – uh, what's the operating system that makes me want to pull my hair out? Linux? Linux. Um, Ubuntu, right? Mm-hmm. Ah, what a misery it has been trying to use that. Um, I mean, even the best of them right now, which is the most user-friendly, is probably Linux Mint. And perhaps. it will also make you want to pull your hair out more often than oh, not. Yeah, I there. would say that largely your statement is true that many of these open-source projects work very well. But when you're talking about something really, really big, like an operating system, I think, it, it, it seems to get harder. And I let's mean, not forget that Google Chrome is privately owned, and, it, and its Chromium engine you know, was so good – it was based on WebKit, which was based on an open source project called Conqueror. Apple actually forked it, and it's open source. All of it is op- is based on open source. And Linux sure, powers but- Android, which is very user friendly, according to m- billions of people. So yeah. there is that, I guess. Is it still? Yeah, it is still open source. But to g- get the Google Play stores and stuff like that, don't you have to jump through Google? Yeah, Google's your, proprietary yeah. Play Store is not yeah. open source. Anyway, if you like the show, head on over to amp.freetalklive.com. Again, that's amp.freetalklive.com. And if you want to learn more about the Intercoin project that Greg is here representing, you can find that one more time. That's intercoin.org. Org. Org.org. I just wanted to be sure. I-N-T-E-R-Coin.org. If you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate, well, I know a guy who's really great. It's the Realtor Mark Warden. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farms, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. Porcupine Real Estate dot com.